Subscribe to the Open's official YouTube channel to enjoy the best video content from golf's original championship, including official films dating back to 1970, full final rounds from past Opens, a range of compilations showcasing memorable moments, highlights from the 151st Open, and much more. Subscribe today to ensure you don't miss a thing. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. It's only a, a golf course, it's only a golf game, and uh, you're doing what you do best as well, it, which is playing golf, and you shouldn't be that nervous about it. What about that for a putt, eh? You can almost hear the music in the background, can't you? When an Open Championship goes down to the wire, it's rare to see too many smiles from those battling out for glory. Stony faces often typify the focus required when championship pressure is at its most intense. But that was certainly not the case for Thomas Levey, one of the players involved in the Open's first ever four-man playoff. The Frenchman's laughs, fist bumps and high fives amidst the most tense of settings endeared him to so many and so very nearly earned him a claret jug in the process. Has to hold this. He's a tiger, well done. This is Tales of the Open. This is the story of Thomas Levey. There was a lot of smiles over the last couple of weeks, Thomas Levey. Born in Paris on September 5th, 1968, Thomas Levey was destined to achieve success in the world of sport. His grandfather Roger had been a professional cyclist, while his parents had played to a high level in a number of sports, including volleyball, handball, tennis and hockey. Initially, it was the latter two that the young Toma gravitated towards, with golf somewhat of an afterthought. I started when I was six, but I was, you know, I was playing with my parents and that was like once a month, maybe once every two months, because I didn't like it too much at the start, and then I played on the you know, a few uh, public courses. Uh, it's well known in you know, around that region, like Saint Aubin's, Chavidou, uh, and 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 there were public courses where the kids could play, and there were some nine holes uh, courses where the first par three we were playing where it was 50 yards, so it was easy courses, not too many bonkers. And the the first part as well, I was playing from uh, my my dad's uh, drives. He was putting his drive somewhere, and then I put it. I put my ball in the middle of fairway from where he had his first shot, and then. I was playing my own part from there, and it was a, a good way to start. I was playing a, a pretty high level in tennis and hockey, and, and uh, you know the toll playing every day, two three hours. The toll on your body is when you're growing is not easy, and and I got injured a little bit, and then uh, couldn't run for a year, year and a bit, and so like like this, I picked up golf a lot more. And uh, when I was 10, 12, I started to play a lot more, and my I progressed to, to the level of uh, the national team. The first letter I received from both national teams, uh, you know, you, uh, we're going to have for Easter, we're going to have a, a, a one-week uh, practice for the hockey team and then for the golf team. So which one you need to pick? You, I can't be at two places at the same time. So I picked up golf that day, around 16, 17 years old. Even before Tom, I made that life-changing decision to focus on golf as a teenager, it had been the images from the Open Championship that had captured his imagination. I had a tape with my, that I was watching with my brother a lot, and it was 10 years of the Open. Uh, the, the years, you know, the, the years of uh, Lee Trevino, Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, the battle in, uh, in Turnberry between Watson and, and Nicholas, and, uh, and the wins of Lee Trevino in 71, I think it was. Lee Trevino, short 14. Again, I did the same thing. Oh, don't go in the bunker. Yeah, in the bunker for Trevino. I watched that tape, I don't know, until the time it, it burnt, you know. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. I knew every commentary in, in in there. All the shots I knew, but I was looking closely what was going on and the way this, these guys were managing the course, and it was quite interesting. The Open was actually the only tournament that we had live on French TV and uh, on French national TV, like uh, the second uh, channel on the... French TV, we had it, and it was uh, the rugby commentator was commentating this. He didn't know much about golf, but he knew the name of the players, where they coming, were coming from. He was looking through the media guide to to see what was going on, and uh, 
I remember at once there was a Bobby Clumpet in, uh, at, uh, in the lead at uh, the Open. Confident young man, what a way to finish. Dropped the stroke at the 17th. Beautifully played 18th hole. They don't come any better than that. And Clumpet is in with a total of 1-3-3. 11 under. His mom is French, so he was saying, come on, little French, come on, little French, all the time. He didn't know what to say, what else to say. By the time Levey turned pro in 1988, there was little in the way of genuine French success to draw inspiration from. Jean Garialde had been the last Frenchman to win on the European Tour some 18 years previous, and it would prove difficult for a young Levey to end that drought. When I turned pro, I knew what, what, what my level was uh, against uh, the French uh, players that were, you know, uh, I was playing the French tour with them as an amateur and I, I could beat a lot of them. And uh, I made some cuts on the European tour. I knew that I was not too far from keeping my card and having that level. And, uh, and early in my career, I, I just kept my card uh, on the first few times. In 1990, when I arrived on the European tour, it was the guys like Sevi, Langer, Wuzi, Sunday Lyle, Nick Faldo, they were dominating the, the, the European golf and it was tough to, to, to win against these guys because each were winning like two, three, four tournaments a year. Guys like uh, Olazabal came in, Monty came in. It was hard to win the first time. And I remember there was a stat when I won in, in my first one in 1998, 10 years after turning pro, there was one guy, he told me, you know that you're in the average of and the time it takes to, to win your first tournament on the European Tour. And I said, really? He said, it's, yeah, he said it's, it takes from eight to 12 years at the time, which is not the case at all at the moment. The first professional win, fittingly secured on home soil at the 1998 Cannes Open, helped the Frenchman carry momentum towards his first Open Championship held later that year at Royal Birkdale. When I came to Birkdale, uh, what impressed me the most was those uh, stands, you know, public stands on the, on the last hole. Even on the practice day, it was, you know, Monday late. I played after the qualifier, actually. I went to the golf course to hit a few uh, few holes, and uh, I finished on the last, and it was it was awesome. I mean, it was like 9.30, something like that. It was a little dark, but uh, I still enjoyed, you know, the the, the first time on the, on the, the open courses. In, uh, and it's it's one of the those that are so well-known in the world, and people just uh, know it's going to be, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a tough week, you know, for Brookdale is such a, an iconic golf course. Well, it's a very different scene at Royal Birkdale today. Yesterday's summer sunshine has gone. The summer rain returned early this morning. The rain is not accompanied by any more than a gentle breeze of some 15 miles an hour, but it's certainly not the good scoring conditions or the good spectating conditions we had for yesterday's opening round. I remember I had a bad experience because I, I think I was playing first off and uh, actually the marshals on number six were not ready at all and I hit my drive where I wanted on the right side of the fairway. There was no rough, no walkers, there was a bunker there but the boat was not in it and we don't know where it was and probably disappeared in a rabbit hole or something like this and uh, there was no reason for that boat to be lost and I lost it and I think I, lost, I missed the cut by one shot as well so it cost me a lot at the end. That time it was not a happy time but what, what happened is that it made me think that I could compete at that level. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, when you see the people around you with what's going on, you feel like, okay, I'm a winner, uh, you're already on the European Tour, but I can compete there as well. And, uh, and it's, uh, it changes your, your mind on, the, on your career and on what uh, things you can achieve and, uh, and things you can dream of as well. Levey would have a happier time 12 months later albeit in an open championship, remembered more for the exploits of another Frenchman, Jean Van de Velde. I made the cut in Carlos T and, uh, and uh, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it tells you how much you need to fight for these tournaments and uh, how much you need to fight to, to compete and be there. I finished, I, I finished at plus 20 as well and I was obviously uh, Jean on the last hole uh, finish, but uh, it was not a happy end. He's, he's definitely thinking about it. Hello, here we go. The shoes are coming off. He's going to hike up his trousers. This, honestly, you cannot imagine a more dramatic finish to the last Open Championship of this century. Never seen anything like it. I just hope to goodness that he's making the right decision here. The cameras are rushing into position to get this. Phil Sheldon, I can see there, one of the best-known golf photographers, is in like Flint. They're, all, they're going to knock each other into the, into the dike here, into the Barry Byrne. 
it was uh, quite sad to see that, but uh, it's um, it's experiences that tell you that's how much you need to dig into your game and how much you need to fight to be uh, competitive at that time. And uh, and uh, uh, I played a few rounds. I played with David Duval on one of these days, and I could see he was he was uh, number one in the world, and uh, he was struggling like I was. David Duval, this is at the eighth. Solid putt there for a par for David Duval. He's not used to being 16 over. Don't think he likes it much either. It's kind of tells you that you're not too far from reaching not number one in the world because I've never been and never will be, but not too far from fighting against this guy, so which means that you can fight against a lot of people. While that will to fight would become a hallmark of Leve's early career, it was the shows of enthusiasm on the course that would endear him to so many fans. His next win in a four-way playoff at the 2001 British Masters would demonstrate both characteristics in abundance, as well as foreshadowing what was to come the following year. The winner of the Richard uh, Chandler British Masters uh, down at Woburn, four people in a playoff on that final day, and he won it and then went off on a lap of honour around the green, high-fiving everyone in sight, even those who didn't want to exchange it. Well, uh, you know, when I made that putt, that left to right putt of about, you know, it was like 20 feet, something like that, downhill, quick, against Matthias Gronberg, I just missed the, the, the on the hole before, I just missed a short putt to win by myself. And and uh, on that one, it was uh, it was unbelievable to see that ball uh, go in. And uh, it was it's the longest putt I made uh, to win a tournament. And uh, I remember it all my life. I still have the power with me here in, in, in my uh, garage. And... Uh, the feeling, the pleasure of winning like this is unreal. And then uh, the people, uh, you know, were quite far from the green. And I remember so many people, give me your ball, give me your glove. And, and I went out of the green and people kind of shake your hand and the next and the next. And then I decided to shake everybody's hand, basically. And uh, I think uh, like a playoff or extreme pressure on the golf course, sometimes people put too much toll on themselves. They, they, are, they put too much... Um, there are two tents on what's going to happen. It's only a, a golf course. It's only a golf game, and uh, and uh, you're doing what you do best as well. It's which is playing golf, and uh, you shouldn't be that nervous about it. Levey's win at the British Masters would set him up for new opportunities at major championships the following year. But despite a strong showing in his debut at the 2002 U.S. Open, the Parisian would struggle in the build-up to the 131st Open Championship at Muirfield missing the cut at his next two events. All my career, I, I tried to uh, to go on the positive side, basically. Sometimes when you know you're, you're in the Open or you know you're in, uh, in the US Open, you take the weeks before as practice because that your main goal is to play well in the majors. Your field just shoots my game so well. It's uh, all the distances of the team basically were done for me. I could carry buffers. I couldn't reach some others. On the practice days, you see that, you know, with Caddy, you discuss about what's going on, you hit the shots, and you realize that you're always in, in good position lengthwise. I've always been hitting the ball kind of straight, so I was at his with a lot of a lot of balls, even though if it was a hard, hard golf course, basically bring it on, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be at his on that golf course. Despite a level of comfort with Muirfield's supreme challenges, Levey's opening round on Thursday hardly set the championship alight. On day one, I remember I came out of the course. I was furious. I was I was uh, fuming because I I shot one over I think and I I putted extremely bad. It was uh, I hit a lot of greens in regulation, but my power was cold. So I was like, my God, to shoot seventy two. And then I looked at the scoring. It was not that far. It was not that far. And I said, look, with a little bit better putting, I could do a lot better on that course. Levey teed off for his second round, starting five shots off the lead, he set off in pursuit of the overnight front runners. It's Thomas Levey on 17 to go five under for his round. Beautiful. 18th par putt for Thomas Levey. Four under. Great round of 66. Total of 138. Currently only two shots back. Five birdies, no bogeys. What a tremendous round. I don't know how to explain. As an um, outsider, big outsider, you have to, to, to go for it a lot more than the, the favorites. And uh, what happened is that once you let it happen, it's all in your, in your favor. You, you, you're free on the golf course. You, you play free. And, 
and you don't have any uh, restraints and and what happens is that uh, you catch up the, the, the big names quickly like that because some of them are gonna be angry with their game they know they're not performing at their best level and and what happens is that you you kind of equal to them very quickly and then you pass them and, uh, and that's not what what happened that week by Friday night the Frenchman sat just two shots off four players tied for the lead however a storm was brewing that would threaten to blow him and others drastically off course. And the players who've just recently teed off while they were on the practice ground will have seen the dark clouds gathering from the northeast. It's uh, looking as though it's going to turn quite nasty in the next few minutes. Uh, the rain's starting to come down and the wind's getting a little brisker. Certainly the conditions are a lot worse than they were about an hour ago and uh, with this rough getting uh, wet as well, they're going to have to avoid the rough at all cost. It was hilarious, it was unreal. Uh, I remember uh, my parents uh, were following. They had the umbrellas at the start of the round on, on the first hole and it was raining so hard. Less and less people were following us on the golf course. It was just ridiculous. And uh, and then on the, on the sixth hole, I hit my shot down the middle, not too long, it was into the wind. We couldn't go more than 170 yards, something like that. And I hit good shot, good shot, Thomas. I heard my mom's name, but I couldn't see her around me. And then behind the tee box, I saw two people dressed in black, and then they they put um, you know plastic bags over their heads, basically. They, they they were dressed as plastic bags. I had two plastic bag parts. Well, there's only a few people braver than the spectators following these players around today, and that's those people down in that that rubber dinghy. I think that's the rescue service, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> they need to turn right and come onto this golf course. On number five, the par five. On day two, I hit driver to iron. I, I just reached the edge of the green. And uh, on that day, on day three, I hit driver, two iron, three wood, two iron, and then I had a little bit more to go for, two, for the green. And uh, I made, uh, I hit it from 50 yards, I think, with a nine iron and two putted for seven. But everybody was doing that. So that was kind of a, a par seven at the open, you know. It, it was really hard uh, for Eight holes, maybe something like that. And then the wind kind of, the, the rain stopped. That was a plus, big plus. And then the, the wind stopped as well. And so through the end, uh, uh, from 13 on, it was very, very playable. As the downpours subsided in the early evening, Levey was well-placed to take advantage of the now much softer conditions. His best shots of the day would come at the tail end of his round, starting on 14. Approach of Thomas Levey to the 14th. Big tee shot, making the most of it. Levey will have that to get to one under par. This championship is really wide open. It's only three over for the day. One of the better scores in the afternoon. A one under with one to play. Tiger Woods, the world number one, humbled with a round of 81. The leader, a two-shot lead going into the final round, Ernie Els. Five under, 13 players under par. Compared to the sodden woods, Levey had escaped lightly. While his 74 saw him lose ground to overnight leader Ernie Els, he crucially remained within four shots of the Big Easy heading into the final round. Ernie was dominating. He was, uh, he was just impressive. And, uh, there were some guys that came back in the tournament. Uh, Justin Rose and Sergio Garcia shot 68 and 69, I think, to come back into that tournament and they were in contention and, uh, and then there were some other big names around there and I thought to myself, okay, just make a solid round. With that approach clear in his mind, Tom I would make the most of the much improved conditions on Sunday. And a very good morning to you from Muirfield for the final round of the 131st Open Championship. And after the horrors of yesterday, conditions today are back to near perfection. Thomas LeBay. Hey, what have you been telling him, John? Well, well, yesterday I saw him as he was walking down the ninth fairway, and you know he was. He said, "Well, I'm playing well," and I said, "Listen, just stick your head in it and 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 hang hard on it." Stick your head in it. That's well. That's very Gallic. It was a very very sunny day. I was playing with uh, Peter Lorard, I remember. And I started eating greens after greens and uh, and close to the pins and make a one putt here, one putt there. And Thomas Levey of France. One under for the championship at the start of this final round. Right on the flag. At the second, Ernie 
putt in. Well, this is uh, wonderful stuff we're seeing today. It's a superb day. And golf to match. LeVay's fast start continued as he moved to three under par for the championship at the third. And the birdie. I was calm. I was, I was uh, just doing my, you know, uh, playing one all at the time. We always say that, but sometimes the guy that is winning is that the one that makes the most birdies, I mean, but the one that avoids the mistakes. And uh, so I was telling myself, hit the greens. Let's see what the par will bring you. And, uh, and hit the green and the fairways and, and see what happens. And, and I was keeping calm and doing that really, really well. And uh, suddenly I was, I was playing well enough to be in the top 10. And I was thinking, okay, that's, that's, that's good. Just keep keep uh, fighting, you, you, you're, you're in there somewhere. Tap into four, stays three under today, four under for the championship. Sam, you have a story about him with a marker. Yes, Alex, I was a friend of yours, a member of Woburn, gave me some markers made from a Blarney stone and uh, I used them at Woburn and uh, unbeknown to me, I dropped one at the 18th green. Thomas finished his 72nd goal, was walking off the green, saw the marker, picked it up and used it in the playoff to win. I played with him a couple of weeks later and he saw the marker I was using and says, where did you get that? Five holes later, Thomas would place the same Blarney stone marker on the back fringe of the green on the par 5-17th. What's more, he was about to benefit from another stroke of luck at Ernie L's expense. Where's that one going? Going left. Oh, and that is, that's a chasm, that one. Well, it's certainly gone a long, long way left. I fear it's in that very deep bunker. Eagle attempt for Thomas LeVay on 17. I was thinking of two putting, you know, and because it was such a long putt and so dangerous that I was thinking, just, you know, hit a good putt, one shot at a time, don't worry about the rest, and make your birdie and you've been in the top four or five of the Open, it's, it's really good, and maybe you've birdied the last and have a chance, but the funny feeling is that when I stand over that putt, I could feel that that ball was going to go in. There you go, six under for Levay. be aware of any else's predicament on 13, but what a sensational putt. 17th again, bringing drama here on the last day. It's a word feeling, basically. <laughs> Things that happen uh, just a few times in your life where you, you, you know that on that one you have it, and it kind of looked the same as, as a putt I, I was doing a lot when I was practicing uh, in, at my golf course in France. It looked very, very similar. When you see the pictures of me jumping that day after that hole, I jumped so high, I just, I never knew I could jump so high. I sh maybe I should have taken a career on uh, high jumping then, you know. <laughs> With that clutch eagle, LeVay would move to six under par for the championship. Still two strokes off the bunker-bound L's. Well, he's got a stance. Very steep face, though. One of the best shots, which we've seen a multitude of great shots today. And uh, even the ones that Gary Evans hit, that is the equal. Magnificent bunker shot. Shot of the championship, Alex. Even after that remarkable sand save for par, L's tee shot on the 14th would fly into a fairway bunker on his way to his second bogey of the day. As LeVay headed to the 18th, his gap to L's and the lead of the Open Championship had fallen to just one shot. Walking to the 18th, my caddy gave me a towel and the driver, and he went to the directly to the second shot to see the balls, and uh, and I was alone in there and uh, middle of the crowd. I waited for some guys to finish putting on uh, on one of the holes nearby, and uh, and I just shouted like like as hard as I could, you know, uh, like like a like a maniac basically. I couldn't feel my driver in my hands anymore. I was not aware of the weight of the club anymore. I was, uh, the, the adrenaline level was so high that I just killed it. Oh, go on, yes, he's put a little fade on it, left to right, take it away from the sand. Maybe further up, here it comes, and that is a mighty long drive. Tight the nine line only, second shot. Where usually I was hitting six iron, there I hit nine iron. That's the effect of adrenaline, and and uh, and then from there, uh, when I thought about 
is, is he one of the best Highland players out there, showtimes, just hit it close. Oh, and that putt to take the lead. He thought the green really left of the, the pin and tried to make the putt. This to take the lead of those completed rounds. No, it's left. Didn't happen there, but but uh, I, at least I had a chance. Uh, Thomas Levey taps in the tiny putt. Well played, Thomas. 66. Yes, what a finish. 3-3-4. Three, three, I mean, that's... Uh, a wonderful eagle, there it is in gold, and not a single bogey on the card. That's a great round of golf. After an emotional roller coaster of a round, Levey's Sunday 66 put the Frenchman in a tie for the clubhouse lead with Australian Stuart Appleby at six under par. Just seven minutes after Levey stepped off the 18th green, Steve Elkington joined them at the same score. With the prospect of a playoff looming, Thomas LeVay took a seat on the nearby practice green, resting against the white picket fence, and awaited news of Ernie Els, who now stood just off the green of the par 3 16th. He's about three feet below the green, so it's going to still require a delicate shot to get close. Maybe a pitch into the top and hop up. Yes. Sharp hit the pin. Oh, oh clumsy lad, clumsy. He needed at least two bounces on the bank, not one. He, he could run right to the front of the green and keep going. He might even end up down on the fairway at the bottom of the hill, this one, Peter. There he goes, if it's, it's going. And that was a bad shot. He's putting now for a bogey, and it's, it's a good 10 feet, and it's pretty fast down this green. He really must hold this and be tied and still have the par five to come. No. Fancy taking five. It's seven iron in your hand. On a beautiful evening. After Els' uncharacteristic errors around the 16th green, a rebound birdie at the next meant he now sat level with the three clubhouse leaders. The trio could only watch as the South African flew his approach on 18 safely onto the green. This to be the outright champion 2002. wasn't bad, but he didn't hit it. That putt was for a 69 minutes. Slightly soon. And he's got to hold that to make it a four-way playoff. Elkington, Levey and Appleby. There were these two Australians, a Frenchman and a South African. I thought, once we're in the playoff, you know, it's four of us. I get 25%. One chance in <laughs> out of four. And, uh, it's uh, you never know what can happen in that format. It was a, it was a surprising format as well. Four holes of uh, stroke play. Well, I suppose they could have played a one-four ball match, but the decision has been made to play two-two balls. It will certainly be tidier playing two-two ball matches. What drama unfolds here? That was worked for us when they announced us that we're going to play two and two. Uh, we were ready to go for four and. Uh, you know, you're playing four suns like this, you can see what the other guys are doing and uh, you can adjust to it. Thomas Levey and Steve Elkington will be the first pair. So, Appleby and Els the second pair. Hi, I'm Jordan Spieth. You're listening to The Open Podcast. The One Club, in partnership with MasterCard, is the best way for you to get closer to golf's original championship. Enjoy amazing year-round benefits, including exclusive offers and competitions, opportunities to secure tee times at iconic open venues, increased chances of being successful in future ticket ballots. All this and more, only at The One Club. Sign up for free today at theopen.com. As a golden hue from the setting sun spilled over onto the first tee at Muirfield, Thomas LeVay took on the gauntlet of hitting the first shot of the four-way, four-hole playoff, the first of its kind in championship history. Driver for LeVay. Obviously has great confidence with that club because he took driver down the 18th fairway and hit it right in the middle of the fairway, and that's a sensational opening tee shot. You know, it's uh, it's golf, and uh, what I see in front of you is uh, is uh, the first hole. It's a massive par four. (laughs) 
and that's what you have to deal with. Uh, who else is playing the hole? Doesn't matter. It's, it could be uh, the best player in the world. He could hit the ball in junk and make six. So uh, concentrate on what you need to do. And uh, the other guys don't matter. You know, it's basically uh, the game is hard enough for that. I was uh, quite confident and uh, at ease with that playoff, actually. I was not that nervous. Well, they the par on the first. Safely in. As Els and Appleby teed off behind in the second two ball of the playoff, Levey made the short trip to the par 3 16th, already one shot ahead of playing partner Elkington. Thomas Levey proved himself terrific in these situations. He's nervous. He's got 184 to the pin on the 16th, going with a 6 iron. I think that's uh, going to leave him a long putt, but it's a putt nevertheless, an uphill putt too. It'll cling on to that slope. So I hit where I wanted on the green, had a tough putt with a lot of break. I mean, it was like at least 10 to 15 feet of break right to left. Wall of death putt here for Levy. He's got to get around the depression at the front of the green. First blood to Levet. <laughs> what about that for a putt, eh? My golly. You can almost hear the music in the background, can't you? What about that? Putty hold at the 17th for an eagle. The heart will be going pitter-patter, pitter-patter now. I've, I didn't put that well that week, you know, my father was okay, but it was not great. I was not making long putts, I was not missing short ones, but I was not making anything past uh, 15 feet, there was nothing happening. And suddenly in a one hour and a thing period, you make two of the biggest bombs in your career. It was enjoyable, you know, I remember that, that putt like this right to left and uh, I still I have the fire with me here as well, you know, some clubs I, I keep like that. Levey at the moment leads by one. A bogey on 16 from Appleby and a par from Els meant it was just the Big Easy who stood within a shot of Levey, who saved par after finding a greenside bunker at 17. The Frenchman now stared down the 18th fairway, knowing a par would put him on the cusp of claiming the Open Championship. What do you think, Pete? I think he's going to hit the fairway. The driver out, this is not the percentage play when you're in the lead. Uh -oh. A little unfortunate in the hitting area, leaking away right and into the thick clad. Just gone into the thicker rough by a yard or so. It doesn't look as though it's lying too badly though, Pierre. On, uh, on that first uh, playoff hole, on, on 18, I, I, um, I hit a long drive down the right side. I was uh, just a few inches in the rough, and uh, that was on the right side. The rough was very, very little, was very dry, and uh, with those few patches of, you know, two inches, uh, little weeds, but nothing, nothing major. Toss in the bunker. Horrid with a capital H, that one, isn't it? If that's up under the face. Hmm. From there, I couldn't reach the hole anymore. I couldn't reach that. So I said, OK, I'm going to hit it as hard as I can to, to the front of the green and try to make make the putt or two putt and, and see what happens. That's three. Elkington through the green in two. Having found the front of the green from the sand, Levey's long putt to save par proved heavy-handed. Oh my goodness, he miss a walk. He now faced a six-foot putt up the slope to save Bogey and his championship dream. Has to hold this. You feel otherwise he's certainly out of it. If there's no outright winner after these four regulation playoff holes, then it goes into sudden death. Partner with great courtesy as for silence. Elkington. If this misses, he's gone. He's gone. Well, we've lost at least one player. Steve Elkington from Australia. 95 US PGA champion. 
Like Elkington, Stuart Appleby would exit the playoff courtesy of a bogey on the 18th. With his championship opportunity missed, Levey situated himself between the packed grandstands in front of Muirfield's iconic clubhouse. Ernie Ells, the man who'd stumbled in regulation play, now had a long birdie look to complete the job. Ernie, this is your second bite of the cherry. And if you miss, you'll have a third one. to do as well. Yes, it's a tweaker. This has got to go in for he and Yells Thomas Levey to go back. <laughs> over and over and over again until they have a winner. Only part every hour, as we thought, 4-3-4-4 four, four, four would have um, produced a champion. Sudden death will now be played immediately over the 18th hole until a winner emerges. Despite the immense pressure of the now sudden death situation, Levey remained his jovial self as he headed back to the 18th tee box. You go back all the way, 400 and something yards back in, in your buggy, and, and they, they, we passed not too far from the big stands as well, and, and all the crowds like that. And, uh, saying your name, come on, Levet, let's go, let go, show me, I put money on you, and things like that. So you just wave to them and, and say you hear them and uh, thank them for their, their support. Got to keep concentrating, though. We're going to get very few chances to win a major title. I know he's relaxed, but such a lot of stake. With my way of concentrating as well, I could, I could go to speak to those people for 10 minutes and come back and enter sort of golf, no problem. It's a... Uh, uh, I got a very short concentration uh, process and uh, I go through my concentration with no problem at all uh, after talking to, to somebody uh, about, I don't know, his wedding or something like that. They spun a coin for the honour. Ernie, I presume, one and this is, well, you don't know, the other guy might as well as you bat first, but I think under these circumstances the winner drives first and now this is the real business. That's a good one. He was, I think he was more nervous than I was. Yeah, he was not, uh, he was not in a happy place. He was on a bad, on a bad day for him. He was, uh, he came from, you know, it's the toughest part. Uh, when you're playing so well, you're leading the tournament and you're kind of, you know, losing it. But uh, it's just, uh, I made him relax with my first drive of, uh, on 18. Yeah, a little roll on the tee. It's going again. Looked like a low, Cutter. Maybe in trouble in bunker. Found the bunker. With little chance of making the green from the steep-faced bunker, Thomas was left thinking how best to save par. Remarkably, though, Els was about to open another window of opportunity for him. That's not good, Ernie. not easy, that's a horrid place. That'll make the strategy of Thomas Levesque slightly more simple. Now Thomas, well, we went deep, that's not gone far. Are you safe? Once I played my second shot, uh, I'm uh, 100 and something yards away, 150 yards away, and he's uh, in, the, in, the, in the bunker next to the green, so I'm talking to myself, I need to hit it close. And uh, I don't hit it close enough. I hit it to maybe 30 feet, maybe something like that. And then he made a very, very, very good bunker shot. Very tough one, but this man is one of the best bunker players in the game of golf. That was an un unreal bunker shot. Under those uh, circumstances, the ball, you know, could go like to, to 15, 20 feet easily or not go out of the bunker or stuff like that, but he stiffed it to maybe three feet, three, four feet. That, that's where you, you can see the guy is, uh, is made of uh, a different steel and he, he went through those experiences before. And uh, I think his experience in major helped him cope with that medium day for him. 
and uh, and he still through a medium day he still managed to win. That was that was impressive. Both have played three, but uh, I think it's 40 love to Ernie at the moment. Wouldn't be though if Thomas could uh, just slide this one in. Golly, he shaved the hole. I don't think he's lost his tongue, Peter. I'm not sure he's not run further past and will maybe have to putt again. I'm not sure about that. Angles can be... Yes, he's going straight on with it. Hey, he's a tiger. Well done. Well done, but that's a five. Uh, Ernie else has what you see there. Must be a good four-footer, maybe a bit more. And this for the championship. Oh, the third time of asking, Ernie Els is the champion of 2002. Tom LaVey had come so close to winning the Open Championship, yet even in a moment of immense disappointment, his effervescent approach to the game of golf came to the fore. As the Big Easy rolled in the championship putt, LaVey was the first man to congratulate him hoisting the big South African into the sky and creating a lasting image of an incredible final day in 2002. Lifting weights has never been a problem for me. Uh, it's only 125 kilos, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's just, um, you know, when you give your 100%, whatever the game is, and you give 100% and it's not enough, you have to congratulate the guy that is, you know, winning against you and... Uh, and the same when you win, the, the person losing to you should congratulate you. And I've never been a, a sore loser. Once he's done, he's made the putt, he's made history. I can't change anything, that's it. He's won, so better enjoy the, the win than cry, you know. It's like I've never been a crier when I, when I lose. And uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I gave everything I have. I no no regrets. I tried everything I could to, to hang on to that and try to win. In joint second place and winners of the Silver Salver. Firstly, Stuart Appleby, Steve Elkington, and Thomas LeVay. It was my biggest, biggest result in majors. And that tournament that uh, told, told me that I could do it to a higher level, to a bigger stage, and uh, probably pushed me to, to the Ryder Cup team in 2004. Uh, that was... Uh, that was kind of uh, experiences like this that uh, help you grow your game. And then when you see guys like Ernie that won the US Open, the Open a few times, and compete in the biggest tournaments in the world and win a lot, and then you can put those guys in, your, in their limits, which means that you have the game to, to compete as well. And uh, it helped me a lot through the, the, the end of my career after that. And now just to, to tell you how it changes your life, look at this, 20 years later, we're still talking about it. <laughs> After the 131st Open, LeVay's confidence grew and his results showed. As well as a place on the winning European Ryder Cup team at Oakland Hills two years later on, 2004 saw LeVay capture the biggest individual title of his career. You know, I was playing really, really well in 2004 from the start of the season, which is not... Uh, Usually uh, that obvious for me to to start uh, tough, and I arrived in Ireland and I thought, oh, I got the Irish Open, Scottish Open, I like those courses, and here you go, bingo in Irish Open, I'm sick. Here you go, uh, foot poisoning, feeling awful, and I uh, just went on. And then on on uh, Saturday, Sunday, do nothing at all, zero, uh, just uh, rest. And then uh, on the Monday, I had a company day uh, before the Scottish Open. And I'm teaching a lady in the middle of the, the, the little lesson, you know, it's a five minute lesson. You just take the, the give them one tip on their, on, on their swing and try to help them win one shot that they don't like. And, and then uh, I see that lady and she's struggling with something and midway through the thing, I'm telling myself, but you're telling her that, but you're not even doing it yourself. Maybe you should try it. Okay, lunch time goes, we go for lunch. I'm thinking about it. I go warm up a little bit and I try that thing. Boom, good shot, good shot, good shot, good shot. Well, 11 birdies and one eagle later, <laughs> I just, I said, ah, it's working pretty good. Let's go to the Scottish Open and see what I can do. And then uh, I arrived at the Scottish Open and I remember telling my caddy, well, uh, let's uh, let's go because I'm playing well. And he goes like, you haven't played so well lately. I said, look at it. One after the others and say, okay, 
shoot 63, win the tournament straight into the open. Go to the open on, uh, with no problems at all. Last week's winner, Thomas LeVay on the fifth, 188 yards to the front, pin on 10. And that's how you do it. Well, taking his fine form from last week, bring it here to the open. Remember his second shot on 18 to a few feet behind the hole. Gave him that winning birdie putt. The feeling in my swing there was just to keep my balance a lot more through the, the finish. You know, not to swing it as hard, but to, to just keep my balance. So like this, uh, I, I would, you know, be stabilized and uh, the impact would be a lot, lot better. And that's what happened. It's an advice I give a lot to people, but uh, sometimes I have to give it to myself too, because it's always a good tip. If you swing too hard, you're going to move. You're going to move away from the ball one way or the other and, uh, and lose, uh, lose impact. So it helped me. Maybe it can help more people. <laughs> Send your tips to uh, thomaslevet.com. <laughs> Join the leaders at Foinder. Great part. Great tee shot to six feet. Well, he's 12 under for his last 26 holes, so he is on fire. It's not bad. You are on, on top of your game, and um, basically, um, I'm telling myself, okay, keep going, keep keep doing this, and uh, it should it should be all right. Five under par, one hole to go. It was nothing. For the first time in his career, Levey held an overnight lead in an Open Championship alongside Englishman Paul Casey. And on Friday, with Severiano Ballesteros in the commentary box, the good feeling that had carried Toma from the Scottish Open continued, especially on the greens. This guy's not a bad putter, so we'll copy what he does, whatever Thomas is doing. Yeah, Thomas Lebel looks like when he's putting that the hole is as big as the bunker. Really, was Sevi was, uh, was uh, commandating on my putt. Unbelievable, I didn't know that. I need to look for it. If you have it, I would like to have it. It's, wow, it's my idol. Imagine my idol commandating on me. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Wow, if I tell my dad that, he will be crying. I'm crying. The only blemish on Leve's scorecard that day proved to be a bogey on 12. After 36 holes, he still led the Open Championship, joined now at the top of the leaderboard by the American Skip Kendall. An even par score of 71 on Saturday saw him leapfrogged by Todd Hamilton and his great competitor at Muirfield, Ernie Ells. It would be memories of 2002 that Leve would tap into ahead of his final round. All I'm thinking about is winning the tournament and, uh, and pushing as hard as I can uh, on the course that I like as well. Well, I like all of the Lynx courses. Yeah, you have a different player there. It's uh, a lot more experience. I went through a lot more. I, w I went through majors and and uh, uh, I I went through the, old, the, the playoffs, so it doesn't scare me to be in there anymore. You know, it's like uh, you've been there, you've done it, and uh, you knew you, you could uh, handle it as well. So let's go, you know, let's go win that thing as well. Uh, why not two in a row? Hello on a brisk and a bright morning here at Troon for the final round of the 133rd Open Championship. And there's no doubt that the wind coming in off the fourth today is stiffer than it has been for the three previous days and everything poised for a dramatic final 18 holes. On the tee from France, Thomas Lavey. Thomas Lavey, difficult shot here, six under at the moment. Up and down to tie for the lead. Oh my goodness, how about up and in to take the lead? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen so many balls hold him off the green? I don't know. Yeah, They've been much better off the green than uh, well, Thomas Levey, eight under par now. He takes the lead now. One shot ahead of Todd Hamilton and Ernie Ellis. Fantastic. Some people uh, told me that I was in lead, or maybe there was a leaderboard behind that field green, I don't know, but I saw my name on top of the leaderboard and I said, here we go again. Let's go, 13 holes to go. Let's go and uh, play the next uh, fuels hard and push hard, you know, basically as hard as I, as I could. It seemed a dream position for the Frenchman to be in, and two years on from his closest call yet, he looked as if he could go one better. But after two weeks of the best golf of his career, 
Leve was about to be reminded why nothing is a given in the game of golf, especially at an Open Championship. I think he's gone a bit like he's gone deep as well, yeah. Oh, oh. Bunker Cam should come in here, show us the lie. I think uh, he's in trouble, I think. That's my impression, I hope not. Oh, the ball is buried. Fried egg, fried egg, yeah. Thomas for part. This is on 15. That will be a bogey. Barry Lane has already made bogey here on 15. So suddenly, these two are going in the wrong direction. Touch off it? Yes. You know, when you when you win a tournament the week before, that uh, it happens a lot where your game is on and then suddenly it's kind of... Uh, uh, it, it looks like the spirit goes away from you. I don't know. It looks like you, you're you're uh, uh, you're tired. You, you're getting tired, and and what happens is that the 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 scoring doesn't react anymore. Levey would end up signing for a one-over par 72 on Sunday, as he quickly lost ground on the back nine to Els and the eventual winner via a playoff, Todd Hamilton. His finish, tied for fifth with Davis Love III, marked the final time that he would place in the top ten of an Open Championship. It would prove apt as he made his way down the 18th at Troon for Levey to receive the ultimate reception from the packed-out galleries and from the fans whose imagination he had captured over two glorious Open performances. He was a lot of smile over the last couple of weeks, Thomas Levey, winning last week and... Getting into the Open Championship, he's getting a deserved, tremendous round of applause, as is, of course, Barry Lane. Levey also probably qualify for the Championship next year without having to go through all the qualifying. Well, being memory, 2005, when you see the tape of uh, uh, Jack Nicklaus retiring, there is one guy on the, on the tee box on 18 uh, clapping, these are my hands, you can see they're clapping. And it's me on the tee box uh, waiting for uh, Luke Donald, Tom Watson and uh, Jack Nichols to, uh, to finish. Let's make this the final stroke in Jack Nicholas's open career. Hold the putt for us, Jack. And listen to the roar if he does. Yes, yes Jack! I finished my, my last hole, I make the cut. I record my score. And uh, obviously Jack is into the interview area, and when he is uh, exiting the interview area, I exit the recording, and we go together towards the the, the players' lounge. And uh, the, and uh, when he comes next to me, I said, "Congratulations on your career, Mr. Nicholas. Uh, thank you for what you did, or whatever I said. I don't remember. I, I learned the game through Jack Nicholas, through his books, through you know the the green, yellow, and uh, red books. I learned the game. I was reading those books every night, all day, all the time." And you know what he replied? That was that was unreal. He replied, "Hey Thomas, oh thank you very much. How did you play? Who cares how do I play? He said the day he retires. Who cares how did I play? But he did. He still cared, and it was like so nice, you know. So that's one of the memories after from the 2005 Open. A year after his appearance at the Open Championship in St Andrews in 2005, Levey's golfing career and life were turned upside down. An abrupt onset of severe vertigo in the spring of 2006 would cause Toma to question his future in the game. Oof, that was bad. That was, uh, I went through some things that you don't even conceive, you know. I was in New York uh, playing the tournament there on PGA Tour, and I looked uh, in the mirror in my car, and then the mirror started to go crazy in the car. And I started sweating, and I, I, and I, I thought, oh my God, uh, what's going on? So. Uh, the doctor told me, look, that's vertigo, okay? Uh, it's not nothing uh, major, but uh, you should rest. And uh, So I did, he gave me medications, uh, basically, that put me asleep for I don't know how many days. And I went home, I went home in Florida, and uh, my wife and kids were not here. So I was alone in my house, and uh, that's really the, the only day in my career where I thought I'm going to stop uh, the game, I can't leave anymore. I couldn't do anything. It's like, basically, I couldn't... Uh, even pick up uh, a book to read. It got better to the point I thought I con- could come back. And uh, I came back once in um, July, I think. Vertigo comes back under stress as well. And uh, he came back uh, almost as strong as before. So I thought I'm not ready. 
So I thought, okay, I need to get rid of it until the next year, and I, and I decided to stop playing. Play for the year. rest of the year was not possible to play. But uh, that was the saddest part of my career. That 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 was uh, scary, and uh, it lasted for seven months. It was a tough experience, but uh, made you stronger too. You know, uh, just uh, the wins I have after this, uh, I think they come from moments like this where you really think, okay, a bogey is not that bad compared to what I went through there. Remarkably, after his winning battle with Vertigo, Levey would return to the European Tour winner's circle on three more occasions. Fittingly, his final title, like his first, would come on home soil at the 2011 French Open. In true Thomas Levey fashion, it was a victory typified by on-course exuberance with raucous support from an adoring French public to match. Suddenly on Saturday, it all clicked. Everything clicked together. It was windy, it was a bad day, it was sunny, windy, and everything you don't want at the Golf National, basically. And uh, I started to hit shots after shots perfectly. And through that day, I could feel my game was on, and I had everything I wanted to be able to catch the leaders. The, the three, three strokes were not a problem anymore, and I knew that I was playing uh, at a level that the guys were not at the time. And then I arrived on uh, on a Sunday morning, the same feeling was there. And then the, the, the public helped me a lot, and they helped me a lot, pushed me to the limits, uh, as, as if I was playing a radical, basically. You know, they were calling my name, pushing me, kicking me in my shoulders, punching me and things like that. Come on, Thomas, come on, Thomas. When I took the lead on 14, the entire back of the green was covered and uh, by, by the public. And uh, when you look at the pictures on 18, I don't think I've seen that many people on the 18th green at the at the at the national for for the French Open than than that day, and uh, I always thank the public for that because without them, maybe I never reach those limits. You know, never never win those tournaments. With the 140th Open Championship starting in just 11 days' time, Levey had secured his spot, but a cruel twist of fate. Amidst jubilant celebrations at Le Golf National, meant he would never tee off at Royal St. George's. When I jumped in the war, I, did, I never felt like I broke anything. You know, it's like when you break something, you, you can feel it. You can, you can hear cracks and you can... And there I never felt like more than this, you know, it's like nothing at all. And uh, when I came out of the war, I could walk, no problem. And I felt like, ooh, maybe... Uh, Maybe I, I scratched myself on the side of the leg because it's kind of burning, you know, it's, it's burning a little bit. No, not more than that, no worries at all. And then I went back to the locker, go shower, and then when I took my socks off, suddenly, that's my leg, that's what came out of it. Something like that. And you go like, Ooh, whoa, what is this? What is that? But it didn't hurt that much. That, but it was hot around, so I took a picture, sent it to my dad, he's a doctor. He said to me, oh, it doesn't look very good. You should make it checked by somebody. And I said, oh, really now? I need to go, I need to go with my friends and, uh, and uh, you know, have a drink at least with the people that are here to support me. And went to the x-ray uh, uh, department, not too far from there. Then uh, it was broken. Put the cast on it immediately. So 35 minutes later, I was back in to the, with my friends with the cast and I had the drink. <laughs> You know, who knows, who knows what could have happened. Maybe I could have won the Open, the PGA and the World Championship, you never know. <laughs> As a back-to-back winner on the European Senior Tour in 2021, the Frenchman continues to delight fans to this day. While Thomas Levey hasn't played another Open Championship since his leg break, his electric smile, on-course exuberance and laissez-faire nature ensure that he remains one of the most beloved figures of the game, never to win an Open Championship. All the majors are, are the same, but the Open is probably the one that I uh, have the most respect for because I've, it's the one I saw the most on TV, that's that's uh, as a kid. It's the one that made me dream about playing the game at that level. And it's the one that made me uh, appreciate how good the players are. The Nicholases, Watson, Sevi, Langer, Sandy Lyle, Woozy, all these guys how good they are to compete at that level and uh, how good they are to to be able to handle that kind of pressure. For me to be able to, to go, like I, I said before, to the other side of the ropes and not being a spectator anymore and watching it on TV or, or on VHS at the time and be able to perform and show the people that I could play the game and perform at that level as well, it's, uh, 
It's a dream come true, and uh, and the Open is uh, opened my eyes on on I live in golf, and uh, I got lucky to to have performed it into it. So it's the one I have the most respect for because all the history as well, and then uh, what it brought to my career. With thanks to Thomas Levey. You've been listening to Tales of the Open, narrated by me, Shane O'Donoghue. It was written, produced and edited by Alistair Cresswell, with support from Chris Devine. The executive producers were Chris Lewis, Paul Sutcliffe and Steve Tebb. This has been an original audio production from The Open.